Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fog Dog and Bastion. We are coming at you again with another very exciting one today. We've got a special guest coming on, Asa Iverson, one of Bastion's kind of old rivals from high school, I believe, in Minnesota. Uh, how you going, Bastion? Looking forward to it? Yeah, I'm going good. It'll be fun to catch up with him because he he really kicks my butt at the high school level a lot. And yeah, we went, we went at it a lot, but he's one of the Minnesota guys that's also just had a lot of success at the NCAA level. So it'll be fun to catch up with him. He has a really different perspective on pretty much everything involving college. So yeah, it'll be fun. But uh, going into this weekend, we also have the Brian Clay Invitational, which we'd love to talk about just briefly. We're yeah. both going to be racing in the fastest heat of the 1500, I think. Hopefully. Hopefully. We, we don't know for sure, but we've been told that we'll both be in the top heat of the yeah. 1500. Yep. So, And with, I mean, there's just some huge names, like guys like Jonathan Davis and Elliot Kipsang, Elliot Kipsang and yeah. Nico Young, Abdi um, I don't want to leave people out. There's, there's a yeah. lot of good runners from the NCAA. Kai Robinson, who came second in the indoor 5K. Um, we got to get our revenge against Cathal Doyle as well. Yeah. I mean, man, yeah, there's some big names in there. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, what are the goals, Bastin? Yeah, you know, um, obviously in a competitive race like this, it's going to be fast. So um, my goal is pretty much all to do with place. Like, man, if I can just be hey, in that top five, top three, like, you know, shooting for the win at the end of it, like I'm going to run the quick time, like I'm going to run a regional qualifier. So, you know, obviously like I'd love to dip under that 337 US trials mark, but Really, it's just about going into these meets and trying to get as close to winning as possible. So, yeah, that's my goal. How about you? Yeah, uh, fairly similar. Uh, by the way, for anyone watching, the mullet is gone. I uh, thought I should mention that. Uh, oh. Thought it was time to change it up a little bit. So <laughs> here I am with a fresh non-mullet uh, skin fade haircut. Uh, sorry to all the mullet fans out there, but the time has come. Um yeah, fairly similar. I mean, if we can both race for the win, the time will come. Um, honestly, going into it, because it is kind of a time trial situation, uh, the pace is meant to be really pretty hot from the start. Um, my goal is to run quick. That's that's like primarily what I want. And then, you know, being up there in the field, running quick will come with that. Um, yeah, so, so basically just get out and run as hard as I can. Um, make sure I give it my, my all. And uh, I'm sure that a decent placing will come with that. And I'm sure that a great time will come with that. Um, I think we're both feeling pretty good looking forward to it. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to this episode of the podcast, to be honest. It's been yeah. a while since we've had a guest on. And I think having someone from Harvard, like here at Drake, I guess academics are like a reasonable part of what we do. Like, you know, you're here for a degree, but you're mostly here for running. Yeah. I feel like going to Harvard is like, well, I'll just be interested to find out what it's, what it's actually like because yeah. you hear about the academics. This is going to be interesting. I'm excited. We should honestly just cut right to it. Let's do it. All right. Now we're going to cut it to Acer Iverson, who has run a 1332 5K, 753 3K, and 28 10K. And he was also just recently 40th at Cross Country Indoor Nationals, getting that last Cross Country Indoor spot. Nationals? Cross Country. Did I say that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cross wow. country nationals, cross country nationals. Yeah. So, um, Acer, just tell us what's up. Tell us where you're at and how's everything going? Yeah. Uh, I'm out in Boston right now. Just on my way back to get some food. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've been you know, a long day of practice. I'm excited to, uh, have a chat with you guys and, you know, talk about some of our experiences that we've had competing collegiately. 
All right. So, um, obviously, for anyone who doesn't know you, you are at Harvard. I think you just mentioned you're in Boston right now. Is that what you said? Yeah, at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Harvard's in Cambridge, just across the river. And then, okay. Uh, yeah. Nice. So, uh, for, for anyone who doesn't really know your story, uh, you're from Minnesota. You grew up, I assume, fairly near Boston. Um, do you want to kind of take us through a little bit of your background, kind of how you got into running and uh, how you ended up where you are today? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, I'm from Roseville, Minnesota. I think it's about 40 minutes from Buffalo, right, Boston? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I was a, like a soccer player growing up. Um, you know, I did, I did high school track or middle school track because, you know, that's what all the cool kids did, right? Um, and when I was in eighth grade, the, the varsity high school coach brought me to a high school meet. And he said, if, if you break five in the mile today, you have to come out to captain's practice for cross country. And I'm like, ah, I'm not going to break five, like whatever. I want to play soccer. Anyways, he was, he was timing it. So I don't know if he was like lying to me or not, but I split a 459. <laughs> so, you know, broke five that day. And you know, two weeks later, I was at captain's practices. So I'd give it a try. Um, and then, yeah, after, yeah ever, ever since then, it's been, you know, cross country track. And uh, uh, yeah, that's the, that's the story of how I got into it, at least. Dang, that's awesome. It almost seems like it might have been destiny or something, but. Ooh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, like but anyway, that. so you were so you were pretty into it at the eighth grade level. Well, not super into it, but that's kind of like when you started, at least with it. When like. I feel like every runner at some point in their career experiences a big jump, like where they become, where they go from being a good runner to being a great runner. And obviously you've done that in college, but when would you say you went from being a good runner to being an all state level runner, state champion level runner? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, I think big thing, my sophomore year, um, competing at NXR Heartland, um, I was in the open race and, I think I finished third with a 1550. And, you know, it's a fast course there, um, but you know that's that's pretty respectable for a sophomore. Um, and you know, I think there was like a mile speed article about it. That kind of stuff got a little bit of hype going. Um, so that was, that was definitely the start of it. And then we come back, you know, my junior cross country season, and I started winning some pretty big races. And then um, came to the state meet, got second to Khalid Hussein, who's running for the U of M, uh, and then qualified for. NXN that year and I think that was really the big thing that's what you know a lot of coaches were interested in and that's when people started you know uh considering me to to run for them and and, and all that in terms of uh college obviously I mean here at Drake it's known as being a pretty reasonable academic kind of institution uh we're I would say we're both here mostly for the running um but obviously Harvard, the, the reputation of somewhere like Harvard is pretty strong. And obviously it's really well known for its academics. Is it somewhere you had your, you know, you had it as your top priority, get into Harvard, or was it kind of like the coach started recruiting you and you were like, oh, this is kind of cool. Uh, and you ended up there. Or was it like, you know, where, where were you looking at essentially? Yeah. Yeah. So I think my sophomore year is when I started thinking that I could probably run for school. And uh, at the time, I think one of my top ones was Colorado School of Mines. And so actually a division two program, really good division two program. And uh, just, yeah, I was thinking like, 
you know, fantastic D2 program, good mix of academics plus high level running. You know, Golden is a beautiful city. Um, and I, I appreciated that you know, it, was a, it was a rigorous education that, that would set you up well. Um, but then, you know, I started entertaining some more offers my junior year, especially. And I decided to reach out to, I think it was Cornell. Um, and at the time, their head coach, Mike Henderson, he's from Minnesota. So, you know, he, he loved talking about all the meets that I was going to. He had raced them himself 20 years before I did. Uh, and once I kind of had contact with one Ivy League coach, it was kind of natural to start talking to some other ones. Um, and, you know, soon enough, I'm talking to Coach Gibby here at Harvard, um, talking to some other coaches in the league. And at that point, I had heard um, that they were willing to support me if I applied and into their school and I was like okay well I think Ivy League might be the, the way to go for me so that's how it worked out that's cool um I I guess it happened such a long time ago now so we don't really like I don't really know the exact timeline but so you won state as a senior in cross country um did you commit to Harvard before or after that and like did that go into your decision making process at all or was your mind already made up yeah so um I Actually, I, I committed on my visit in early October um, at Harvard. I, mean, I, I got there. I, it was my third visit. I knew, um, you know, kind of a couple days in, like, this was the place. These are the people I wanted to surround myself with. So I told the coach, you know, at the end of my visit, yeah, I want to come here. And by late October, um, they had the admissions all figured out. And then they, they said that I was approved. It's a little bit different for the Ivy League from like other schools. Um, but basically if, if the coaches support you, the admissions department will go over your case early and give you basically an approval before everybody else, like all the regular students. So yeah, late October, I got that affirmative that I could come. And I think I announced it uh, a couple days before state. I think like the Wednesday before state and then ran state and, and, and won the meet that day. Nice. Yeah. So in terms of, uh, kind of academics and stuff, what, what are you actually studying now? And, and did you were grades something you really focused on in high school and has that kind of continued through college? Is it pretty rigorous in that sense? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm studying CS here, um, which is, yeah, probably one of the more rigorous concentrations that they've got here. Um, but yeah, in, in high school, it, it was just kind of, um, I got good grades and, you know, I, I did enough of the APs and extracurriculars and stuff that the admissions department, you know, felt that I was a valid candidate. Um, but in high school, it just kind of felt like, you know, it's what you do. Like you, you take progress classes, you, you know, you do student council, that kind of stuff. Um, I didn't feel like I was trying too hard. Um, but I think that might be kind of the nature of, of, you know, Rosa being a really supportive school and, you know, my parents being very supportive of, of all my interests. Um, but yeah, now that I'm at Harvard, it's a you know, pretty competitive environment. You've got... <laughs> uh, What's going on there? <laughs> walking into a fight? Nice. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, now that I'm at Harvard, it's um, yeah, very competitive here. There's people that don't have the same athletic commitments that they need to meet. So they're able to go to office hours, um, go to you know extra class sessions. They're able to do all that kind of stuff that I just don't have the time to do. Um, so, I mean, the, the reassuring thing is you, you don't really fail at Harvard. 
they work pretty hard to make sure that you succeed no matter who you are or what you're doing. So there's always a little bit of a safety net. Um, and then the people that I surround myself with, all my teammates and my coach, they're really supportive about making sure that we can get the work done, working around training um, and making sure that we're on top of things so that we're not falling behind, losing sleep, that kind of stuff. Cool. I think it's worth mentioning for those of you that don't know that are watching this, CS is computer science. Good um, point. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Thank data you. analytics. <laughs> I'm a data analytics major. So like, it's pretty similar, probably the classes that we have to take and like, I have to learn coding languages as well, but um, just kind of out of curiosity, because I think Fog and I are going to answer this too. How many hours a week would you say you study like for classes? It's a, let's see. So I try to cap my total uh, like workload, including class time to about 36, 40 hours a week. Um, <laughs> I probably go to, I probably go to class uh, for, I'd say about 20 to 22 of those hours. And then, you know, the rest of that, the 14 to 18 hours is, is, is studying. Yeah. That's, that's pretty impressive. I mean, I'm, I'm a marketing major, so I can't really, I can't really add much to this conversation, but like my, hopefully my teachers aren't watching this, but like my total study load is like, I'll go to class sometimes i have <laughs> i have three classes on mondays and wednesdays and i usually will go so i've got three on monday three on wednesday nothing else uh that takes up i don't know five hours twice a week so about 10 hours and then my my total study load is 10 and a half maybe uh including <laughs> yeah. them uh i might get a half an hour in if if i have homework um yeah other than that it's like pretty pretty relaxed but i mean Honestly, based on what I've heard about Harvard, it seems like you've got it pretty reasonably, like you, you manage your time pretty well. And obviously you've got time to get all your training and stuff in. Um, and speaking of training, what, what was your kind of transition like going from high school into college? Did the mileage change? Did your, you know, your work outload change? Um, yeah. How, how did that all kind of affect you? Yeah. So in high school, I was a pretty low mileage um, kind of guy. My high school coach was worried about, you know, burning kids out and that kind of stuff. So I think I calculated it. Um, like my senior cross season, I was 34 miles a week average. Um, 34, 34. Wow. Yeah. 34. Yeah. That is low. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, and then I hop in, um, by my like August of my freshman year, uh, which had me up to like mid to high sixties. So, you know, I basically doubled my mileage, um, over the course of a year. And so, you know, went from like mid to high sixties. I think I hit, you know, maybe 80 once that freshman fall. Um, but you know, like sixties, seventies, um, which was a really big jump for me, you know? Um, and, and, and the big thing is that it's also at a much higher quality here. Um, I don't know like how well known it is, but we do a lot, like pretty much all of our easy miles at about six minute pace. Um, so like, yeah, that, you know, that load there coming there, the workouts being with, you know, D1 All-Americans trying to hang on to those guys. Uh, and then you get thrown into this new environment where you're doing, you know, 15 to 20 hours of studying a week. Um, it's, it's pretty tough and it's, it was definitely a, a big transition um, and it took some time to get used to. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, Wait, you do all your miles below six minute pace? 
No, like like six ten to five fifty is like the range. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Do you do you find that like, I mean, obviously it works, and at the same time, like a lot of people jog eight minute pace some days, and like, obviously there's there's different training approaches. Do you find that like you you feel tired a lot of the time going out and it like trying to run six flats on a day where you might have had a workout yesterday or does your body get pretty used to it? And as well, is that something your coach kind of prescribes? You know, he says, let's try and do most of our easy running around six minute pace. Yeah. So it's prescribed by coach. Um, he calls it maintenance pace. Um, and it's, yeah, part of his methodology. I'm not like a huge exercise physiologist, but something to do with like mitochondria, something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think like we could probably have, more impressive workouts if we were a little bit more rested going into them. Um, but he likes the trade-off of, um, having you know, more quality on our easy days and he's okay with that sacrificing a little bit slower on the workouts. Um, and I mean, yeah, it, like I said, it took a long time to get used to it, but now that I'm on top of things, uh, it's just kind of like the natural pace. You know, we, we, we might start out at like a 640 or something like that first mile, but then you know, once we're warmed up, we work into it and it's just kind of the natural pace of things. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Um, yeah, next we, we'd love to talk about like now just racing and like, first of all, the lack of, cause during COVID, obviously COVID screwed kind of everything up for everyone across the nation, but it seemed like we all had, we all got back like one season before you guys did like that outdoor season. Like we all competed. I know didn't the entire Ivy league not compete or was it what was going on there? Yeah. So, um, yeah, last year, um, uh, pretty much the entire Ivy league went remote. Um, I think Harvard just had freshmen and seniors come on campus and they didn't travel them for any races. I think Cornell sent some people to race, but there was no Ivy league sponsored competitions. We didn't have the HEPs championships, um, or like the Harvard Yale matchup like we usually do. Um, so yeah, but yeah, because of that, we knew that that was going to be probably the case going into it. Um, pretty much the entire men's team here took a gap year and, um, took some time off of school. We met up, uh, in Flagstaff actually for most of the year, just got some altitude training. And then we were able to travel out to LA for some of the sound running meets. And then at the end of the year, I went up to Portland for the Portland track festival as well. So we were able to find some unattached competitions to do, um, but yeah, pretty much all of us took a year off uh, so that we wouldn't sacrifice any eligibility and uh, we were still able to have a great time. Did you find that, uh, you know, during that during that year with without proper kind of collegiate racing, obviously you mentioned a, f a few or a lot of the guys team took gap years. Did you find that any of them, you know, thought, I'm enjoying this life too much without, without school and study? <laughs> I'm not going to come back. Like, did you lose a few or did everyone come back? So everybody came back, um, thankfully. Uh, Harvard Harvard has a really low dropout rate, and they try to keep that that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely like most of us, or you know, at least a good chunk of us, are going back out this summer. Um, you know, we we enjoy the the scene out in Flagstaff, running out there. So we're we're always kind of itching to go back and 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 hang out, have the track shack back. That's nice. For sure. Man, that's, that's crazy. Like just like hearing you say, like most of the team took a gap year, like 
that that just shows like how different we are really at Drake. Yeah. Cause I mean, man, if, if that was the case, like none of us would have taken gap years. Right. I mean, yeah. Like, no, I mean, it, I feel like I wouldn't have had the option almost. Yeah. As in during 2020, obviously when COVID was really big, I went back to Australia um, for like the whole of 2020 basically. But I feel like if we found out that we weren't having indoor and outdoor saying like, saying like, uh, I don't know, early 2021, yeah, we would have all just been here anyway. Yeah. Or I would have stayed in Australia. I guess. Um, cause we, we all like found out we got our eligibility back, but I, what I didn't think of is Harvard is expensive. So you'd have had like, would you have had to sacrifice any eligibility or was it more about the price? Because I guess you would have had to pay for a whole semester too. Yeah. There's a couple of parts there. Um, so with the Ivy league, they make you graduate in eight semesters. So if we had attended school last year uh, without competing, that would have been a year that we would have had NCAA eligibility, but we couldn't, we couldn't use it at Harvard. So we'd have to use that with a different team. Oh, wow. And that was really the wow. big thing is we wanted to, keep our Harvard eligibility. Um, but then also, yeah, like being a sophomore, paying the price you pay at Harvard for online classes isn't super appealing for sure. Yeah. I didn't even, I, we had, I'm pretty sure nobody knew that that really even existed. If you're not in the Ivy league, yeah. like you had yeah. no idea that it, that's cool. Wow. I mean, most places it's like NCAA. Now you can have 20 semesters before you have to graduate. <laughs> yeah. Or I before mean, you have yeah. to be done with running. I mean, Kip's, Kip saying is going on year 12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as are many others yeah um, Bastion, Seriously. you mentioned a time trial i want to hear about this obviously you had a few meets unattached but was there a time yeah. trial in there as I, well it was i pulled it up from your instagram you you did some race and you ran really well at it but I, I forgot where it was but it was during covid um yeah i think in the fall um when there weren't as many like you know there was kind of the fake cross country season for the NCAA, but there weren't really many like organized track meets. So, um, like in early September, uh, I had a friend from the running store back home who's, uh, you know, he, he went, he ran for, um, UW Eau Claire, I believe. And he's like, Hey, I'm trying to run a 5k, try to see what I can do. Do you guys want to hop in? Um, so me and my teammate Graham Blanks hopped in, um, I think it was like a 1420, something like that. Uh, first 5k on the track ever, you know, had a good time there. Um, and that kind of set the baseline of like, you know, our fitness, you know, we were hoping for low 14 O's cause that's kind of typically what it takes to make the East regional in the NCAA. So, um, yeah, that kind of set the baseline. And then we ran a couple more of those through the fall. Um, I think we ended like a 14 seven. So we got, got pretty much to our goal, which is good. That's sweet. I mean, now I guess it probably takes 1330, but at the time it was <laughs> yeah. probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Man, so I guess going from there to those time trials to cross, did you did you know the jump was coming? I mean, you had a phenomenal cross season, but did you know that like going into the cross season, you'd end up being a threat to make nationals and then be a guy that could be an all-American like you were? Yeah, I mean, we were looking at the regional list and we knew that at a minimum we had three guys that could qualify as an individual and if you have three guys that can qualify individually hopefully the rest of your team can come with you yeah. um so you know we, we made it out of the northeast regional um, we we're super stoked about that and um we got to nationals and you know harvard uh we went to nationals you know 2019 i think they got 15th 
And that was kind of our goal is like, we want to get 15th or better. We graduated some guys. So if we can, you know, get 15th or better, you know, that shows that we're at least at the same level, if not improving. Um, so as a team, we got 12th, super ecstatic. And yeah, we had three all Americans. I was able to round it up as the 40th guy. Um, and yeah, so I mean, sick. goal, goal for the race was really just to stay in contact and, you know, feel strong. Um, our training is definitely more revolving around the 10 K. So those last two K at nationals, I started kind of reeling people in that felt really nice. Um, and you know, I, I was coming down like the last probably 400 and our director, uh, coach Saretsky is like, you got to pick off three guys and you're all American. And so of course, you know, we go, my teammate, Matt Ferreira comes around my shoulder, um, picks up another five guys. So I had to pick up another guy, but you know, a little bit of a sprint kick at the end and, and, and we got the all American. Wow. Wish we could say the same. Yeah. I wish we could say the same. <laughs> so impressive. What, what'd you pull up in a hundred and something? 139. And I, so was, I was 99 behind you. And I was, <laughs> I was in the, I was in the two hundreds. You so. were 217th, I think. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we both, we both got Cooper tear. We reeled in Cooper tear. That's important. And I, I reeled in yard as well in the last line. <laughs> Very nice. Um, Very nice. You know, you know what is funny though? It going on to that day, if I had have known that morning I'm gonna beat Yard and I'm gonna beat Cooper, I'd be like, I'm gonna win. <laughs> I'm gonna win. <laughs> and I ended up 139. It's but, crazy. Go, going into that meet, I remember a bunch of people were saying, This is a 1500 guy course. And like that was like at least maybe we were just being told that as like people lying to us <laughs> yeah but, Jay, like trying to make so, us feel good so we like we're in our heads like oh man like we got this we have a chance and then i mean not even just us but it seemed like all the 1500 runners really struggled and guys guys like you guys that have crazy strength those 10k bases like you guys all dominated that was just kind of what happened across i don't know if that always happens but i mean man you guys really proved it that you guys, Strength. you guys are the beasts <laughs> of cross. I mean, we're the track yeah. boys. <laughs> Crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that was, that was a fun day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving on from that. So you've got national cross in November and then what in January, February, you run a 1332 indoor 5k, uh, just before literally a couple minutes ago, you were talking about being pretty happy to run 1407, I think, um, uh, Tell us, how, how did you get down to 13.32? And when you ran that, did you think you were definitely going to be in for indoor nationals? Yeah, so um, 13.32, that was just you know, a nice BU uh, Valentine's Invitational. So, you know, one of the fastest meets in the country. Um, and basically, it was like, you know, we, we saw um, yeah, a, bunch of, a bunch of pros run super fast. You know, the energy was, was there. And, you know, we hopped in, I think it was like third heat. And basically, it was just sit on some UW guys, sit on some of the, uh, I might have been some Stanford guys there, you know, uh, and, and let them kind of really into a fast time. Uh, and so, yeah, we knew we were on pace for low 1330s. I was hoping, you know, maybe we can open it up and dip into the 1320s, but coming through to 1332 felt really good. That was a 10 second uh, Ivy League record and 10 second school record. So, you know, that was something to celebrate. Um, but I think we knew the fitness was there. Like I was actually thinking to myself, I'd be happy with the 1332 on the dot wow. before the race. So, That's you know, we, we definitely, we, we definitely hit the, hit the goal there. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, we just, we were able to have a really successful winter of training and we just, we just knew that that, that was going to you know be in the cards. Um, in regards to NCAAs. Yeah. Like it was, it was tough. Cause we, I think when I ran that time, it was still like just on the fringe and I knew that there were a couple of big meets coming up that might knock me out. Um, and we were kind of looking like, are there any last minute meets that we could travel to and, and maybe set it up? But, um, you know, by the, by the time that we were thinking about being able to do that, it was, you know, I think like JDL was one option. Um, you guys may have had a, a meet or. Yeah, we were at, we were Iowa at the state maybe or Arkansas qualifier. Arkansas. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe it's Arkansas. Yeah. And it's like, I think neither of those, you know, had a, a deep enough field because everybody who had run the time, you know, wasn't, wasn't going to be out there competing for, yeah. for no reason. So a little disappointing. Um, but you know, I, I, I was able to kind of reconcile myself thinking, you know, I'd rather really train through this winter and be able to come back for outdoor nationals and be a contender for, you know, one of those all American spots rather than just hang on to the back of an indoor 5k, um, just to say I was there. So, yeah. Yeah. So going into, going into outdoor, I guess that's a great transition. What, I mean, you kind of just mentioned it, but what, what are your goals? Like is, is nationals the goal is us trials. The goal is hell making the world's team a goal. Like, I mean, you just never really know, like everybody's so, so talented, but everyone's so close right now. Yeah. Like if you look at the U S rankings, the world rankings, like, man, everyone's just running so fast. So yeah. What are your goals for this outdoor season? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're taking it one step at a time. Um, you know, we got the, the, the 10 K qualifier time, um, at Raleigh relays and then a couple of weeks we're going to go try to get the 5k qualifier time. Um, and then, you know, we're going to compete at the, the East regionals, um, hopefully make it in both events. And then, you know, who, who's to say from there, all American would be fantastic. Um, but obviously yeah, the field's super deep, uh, it's, it's always really competitive, but especially this year. Um, so yeah, we'll just see, we're going to get that, get out there and have some fun. It'll be my first, um, nationals for outdoors. So at least getting some experience there would be really valuable. Yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned you might try and do the double 5k, 10k. Do you see yourself moving up to become, you know, a full-time 10k runner? Obviously you can always kind of double in the five and 10, you can be a specialist of both, but like, do you see your strengths right now as mostly in the 5k or do you think you're kind of the perfect hybrid? And do you think it'll change kind of going forward? Yeah, I think right now I'm in really good 5k shape. Um, 10k is a different beast. I think, you know, a couple more years of development, um, you know, before, before I'm able to say I'm definitely a 10 K guy. So yeah, right now 5k is, is probably my top event, but, um, with Gibby's training and everything we do, I feel like I'm confident enough in a 10 K, uh, to, to compete at regionals and hopefully nationals. No. Yeah, man. I, I seriously think that you're one of those guys that could pull off that 5k and 10 K double just because of strength and all the work you put into mileage you put in at this point. So I'm excited to see it. And honestly, just branching off of that, like, I kind of want to ask you what the team dynamics like at Harvard. Like, first of all, at Drake, we have a lot of internationals. I would say I'm probably like one of five total Americans on our team. And so probably. like, what's, what's being international like at Harvard or what's being an American like at Harvard? Are there really internationals? And then we also have tryouts like once a year and like some walk-ons in our team. Do you guys do tryouts and walk-ons or so? Yeah, just. Tell us what that's like. Um, yeah, our team composition, I think, is a majority American. Um, but we do have a decent amount of, um, like, UK guys. Uh, and then, um, 
you know, a couple guys, uh, we've got a German guy, we've got a Swedish and a Luxembourgish guy coming in. Um, our, our sprint team, a lot of, a lot of people from, uh, like Israel, uh, we got a dude from France and guys from like, uh, Central America. So, you know, we, we definitely have a lot of international people. Um, but it's majority American. Uh, and yeah, in regards to tryouts, um, my coach, like really, he really, coach Gibby, he really believes in, he calls it like the formative power of collegiate athletics. And so, you know, anybody who's got good enough high school times, um, and good enough kind of depends on our team composition for the year. Obviously we don't want it to be too big, but you know, somebody who can keep up with us in practice, if they show up every day and, and put in the work, he's happy to have them, um, and, and happy to, to let them experience collegiate athletics. Nice. I think we've covered most of what we plan on talking about. There is kind of one random uh, thing I wanted to bring up and maybe a few of the listeners and viewers will be kind of interested in hearing this. Speaking of internationals, I'm, I'm pretty sure this guy technically is an international. Uh, this is very random, but I, a while ago, probably over a year ago now, I had a YouTube recommendation for a video by a guy called John Fish. Um, <laughs> You heard of him, you know? Oh, of course I know John, yeah. Yeah, and uh, when I when I first saw it, like, to be honest, like, the videos are just so, like, they're, they're out of this world to me. Like, I, I have no idea what he's talking about in most of them. Um, for anyone who's interested in kind of hearing what I'm talking about, uh, go, and, go and look up John Fish on YouTube. Um, but, yeah, I'm just kind of interested to know because, like, he – when I first found him, I had no idea he was even at Harvard. And then in the comments, because his YouTube videos are obviously monetized, people were talking about how he couldn't talk about being on the running team. So I looked him up and he, I was like, wow, this guy's got like nearly a million subscribers on YouTube. He goes to Harvard and he's on the running team. Like, it, do you know much about his YouTube or like, what was this guy like? Oh yeah. I mean, John, he's one of my best friends on the team. Actually. He's, um, really really strong mid-distance runner 800 1500 kind of guy um yeah really nice guy and he's incredibly smart incredibly smart um but yeah he 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 kept the youtube thing kind of separate from his running thing mainly because it used to be right you know some strict rules about nil deals and, and receiving payments and all that yeah um and you know his, his brand on youtube is is more about some of the academics and um, kind of intellectual things. And he's happy to keep it that way and keep it pretty separate. Um, but yeah, nice guy. He's always, you know, on some new adventure, exploring something and um, making content. He is, it's, yeah, fantastic guy to be around though. Yeah, I can imagine. It's so crazy. Like, dang. Yeah. I've honestly never heard of him, but right after this, I'm going to check it out. Dude. Kind of curious. You, you just like to, won't yeah. even... You have to. The videos like don't even make sense. It'll it'll be like I <laughs> I built a robot from scratch or like what honestly wow. stuff like that. Uh, that's that's a random example and it might not actually exist, but it's like <laughs> it's like along those lines. It's pretty crazy. So dang, that's cool. Yeah, that's I guess what you get going to somewhere like Harvard. Pretty cool. But yeah, any anyway before. Before you go, I want to make sure we ask you when you're racing next and like the rest of the season outlook. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I believe April 28th is Peyton Jordan out at Stanford. Um, so we're sending a couple guys out there. That's where we're going to try to get a 5K standard. Cool. And um, then after that, we've got our conference meet, you know, the Ivy League Cups 
Um, and then week, two weeks after that is regionals and hopefully nationals the following weekend. Very nice. Uh, yeah, very good stuff. And yeah, good luck with all of that. Uh, Baston has just told me to plug your social medias. So for, for anyone listening, uh, go and give Asa Iverson a follow Instagram. Are you on Strava? Oh, big time on Strava. Yeah. Nice. I'll have to have a look. It, plug Acer plug Iverson. your Instagram as well. Yeah, I think it's just at Acer Iverson. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I don't post much, but I'm happy to, uh, to interact with some people for sure. Nice. Yeah. What's your Strava? Just so people know. Uh, I think it's Acer Iverson as well. Sweet. Cool. Good stuff. Easy. <laughs> very, very. So go and uh, have a look at his Strava. Get on his Instagram. Uh, Strava, I assume you'll see some pretty impressive, easy day running. Uh, so go and go and have a look at that. Um, yeah. Thanks so much for coming on here. Uh, all the best with your season. We really appreciate having you on here and hopefully we'll see you not at regionals, but hopefully in Oregon for, for nationals. Yeah. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And I, I hope to see you too. Yeah, it's nice catching up with you, Acer, but good luck for the rest of the season, and I'm sure we'll catch up at some point. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, man. Have a good one. All right.